When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Today is the busiest day of the earnings season. 351 earnings reports today, 192 of them this morning. It is the biggest one uh, singular session for earnings this morning. So uh, we've got quantity today uh, and uh, quality after the close because if you look at who's reporting after the close today it is it's the big guns it's Amazon it's Facebook it's Apple it's Google so a lot to get to on the earnings front we also have GDP coming out at 8:30 that is important uh, today's big stock move of the day is ticker huge we'll talk about that j and j had some drug news and we'll also talk the ridiculous move that Kodak made yesterday. Our guest is at 8.35. New guest, CC uh, Legator. He's the co-founder of Options AI. He'll give us some options trades and tell us how the options market is pricing in uh, these earnings that we're going to get in the next couple of days, these big tech earnings and, and such. I'll throw it to Joel now. Uh, Joel, what's the word here in the overnight session? I uh, got a little red on the screen here, Spencer. We are down 26 and a half handles at 32.26. Uh, we matched that after hours high, 32.57. We were hanging out lower, but at 2.33 o'clock, right on that European opening, you got the flush. Uh, 32.1075, nothing there for you, folks. Uh, still got uh, that 31.90 area. This is that major support that we just can't get through. Uh, we do have gold and crude, gold, crude and silver all in the red. Uh, crude by 82 cents at 40.45. You have gold in the red by nine bucks at 1967.70, and silver losing 91 cents here at uh, at the 23.40 area. Bitcoin just kind of hanging out over 11,000 at 11,180. So just a lot of red on the screen today, but it's early and by the dippers will come in and we'll probably end up green on the session, right, Triple D? Oh, it works, doesn't it? Yep. Isn't that the way it works? I think that's the way it works. This looks like a dip to buy, doesn't it? Why, why not? Why not? 
I mean, you know, we've shrugged everything off. We look at these earnings and the earnings reports. Let's be honest here. These earnings reports have been pretty good. And, you know, we expected, you know, obviously the airlines and stuff to be disasters. But I thought there'd be some other companies that were missing too, like Budweiser this morning. I was like, well, restaurants are closed. You've got, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, small businesses and stuff. Like, I mean, you know, from, from you know, bars, restaurants, you think like, I guess everybody's just drinking at home because Bud blows it away. So, I, I mean, there's companies that are beating that I did not expect to beat. I would have thought that Bud would miss. So, I don't know what to say. Like UPS, you expect them to beat and, and they're ripping. So, some of them are logical and some of them it's like, that company beat? How did they beat? I don't know. They find a way. They find a way. How much beer can you buy for at, at, a, at a restaurant or a bar, you know, for, for 20 bucks and you can bring it, you know, how much can you get at a, a convenience store? I mean. I think people drink more, though, when they go out. I think you have some people who drink and then some people who drink when they socialize. With right. less social activity, like I'm a social drinker. I'm not a regular drinker. I would never just sit down and have a beer by myself at home. Some people do. I'm with you. No problem with that. But I think there's a lot of social drinkers that aren't socializing. So my logic would think there's probably less people drinking, but maybe everybody got so stressed out with this COVID thing. They just had to drink and maybe that's the case too. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, they, they, they report okay numbers. People were also buying a lot more cereal. Kellogg just came out and they blew it away. So, it, well, it, that, and that makes sense. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I think when, you know, in the next few weeks here, I'm going to do some articles and kind of about just like the the consumer trends that happened when we were all stuck at home. Because now we're getting the the, the numbers from the last quarter. We can see okay, people were using UPS more. They're buying more cereal. They're drinking more beer. So it's funny. And it's weird, you know, it's weird to, to try to figure out, okay, which of these uh, moves, which of these beats were already priced in and which weren't. Oh, that, yeah. That's the real kicker. That is the real kicker. And that's going to be the question with Amazon tonight. Let's just start with Amazon. Obviously, um, you know, they're going to report here after the bell. Everybody knows they're going to blow it away. I mean, this could not, this is going to be one of the, it's going to be the record quarter. They're going to make a trillion dollars. They're going to make a trillion dollars. You know how many packages have shown up on your doorstep every single a day. day? Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. There are Amazon packages just everywhere. So there's no doubt that the sales are going to be through the roof. The question is, are they going to, you know, the, the bar is set so high for Amazon. Do they come over that? I, I think they do. Do they still sell off the stock anyways? I don't know what the reaction is going to be. I'm long Amazon, the invest portfolio. I plan on holding through it. Part of me wants to put on some extra for a trade through it, but you know we've saw you know companies that you know report pretty good numbers like Microsoft, and then they slam it on it. Amazon numbers are going to be impressive though. So what are the expectations for Amazon, Mister Israel? I'll just give you. I'm not going to give you like the EPS and re- and and revenue estimate. I'll just give you the uh, revenue growth for the last few quarters and what the re- the year over year revenue growth is expected to be this quarter. So for the last two quarters, revenue grew on a year over year basis, 23% and 17% respectively, okay? The estimate for this quarter is that revenue will grow 30% year over year. That's huge. 30%. Number. That's the estimate. So That's we're talking the there is a high high bar here. If there's any company that can get over that high bar, it's Amazon. So whether, you know, I just think like, 
everybody's buying. So maybe they can come over that high, high bar. This is a real, real coin flip here, in my opinion, the reaction to it. The numbers are going to be awesome. People are saying, oh, the profits might get her on the bottom line. Don't look at the bottom. Nobody cares about the bottom line Amazon. Nobody's ever cared about the bottom line Amazon. It's what do those sales numbers look relative to the expectations. To be up 30% year over year is just really impressive. So can they come over that high, high bar? I think they can. I still don't know what the reaction is going to be, though. Well, old-time high is up at, let's see what the old-time high is here. Now, we got over 3,300. So we have sold off a little bit over the report, ahead of the report. 3,344.29 is your old-time high. So if you want to exit there during the report, there's a potential area. I mean, just these daily highs, if you feel like you want to sell into it. You had another one at uh, 324058. So, so those are the areas. I mean, but it's, I wonder what the straddle is in that thing. I don't have my options platform up. I bet you it's got to be, what, 250, 300? 400? I don't have it up either. So no, somebody we'll know off the hop. Yeah. We can ask our guest about this when he's on it. Well, we can go grab it. I'm just going to grab it now. Options Options don't trade in the pre-market, so I typically just don't open up and take a look. Um, But we can look to where it's settled. So if we just go to Amazon and bring it up here now, I'm sure it's a couple hundred bucks. Oh, it's got to be at least a couple hundred. I would think it's a couple hundred bucks. Let's go. Because, well, the Tesla one was 250, right? It's Tesla, though. It's going to be Tesla's crazy. Um systems is slow when you're trying to boot something up i guess i gotta get more prepared for this show have that option platform open Dennis. Sorry, come on. Too. my bad my come on three thousand eighty four eighty four hundred seventy bucks oh not bad not bad. hundred and i'm ballparking from uh, 88 88 yeah so i'm looking at 85 and 85 what is that uh vinatra says 180 when i went to school yeah I see about okay. 280 in the chat. Anyway, okay. No, 170. That's okay. where that's where the options were closing. So obviously we're looking at the weeklies to be able to come up with that. Oh, so. Jay says 168. There you go. 170. Uh-huh. I mean, okay. the options are wide. So, you know, it's anywhere from 160. It's not like a perfect sure. science because you don't have a tight one cent spread on the options. So I'm looking to where the price is closed. So if one closes out a little bit, then that can affect that as well. Uh, can we just talk about Kodak before we move on to the rest of the earnings? Program? We could talk Kodak the entire show. No, I mean, rather, rather we really could. That. There's so much to learn from this. You know, and I tweeted out a few things yesterday, you know, but there's so much to learn from this. So, okay. First, give me your thoughts. You have a theory here, Spencer. I do have I a theory, theory. And I, I told Joel my theory yesterday and he seemed to agree with me. Here's what I was thinking. The, the, this the stock has a very small float. There is like 20 million shares or less of, of the stock in the open market, all right? What I, th- what I think happened is that the stock became really, really hard to borrow yesterday. There was no, no shares available for anyone to short. When that happens, the seesaw gets tilted, disproportionate number of buyers, not enough sellers, and that's why you get a move to $60. $60. That's my theory. Is well, that it's all, no, that's 100%. It's not a theory. That's, that's fact. Well, I, um, that's fact. I wasn't looking at it at the time. That's why I'm Yeah, no, it. that's fact. Um, and the, the borrow, I, I look for the borrow too. The borrow is tough. When, the, when there's nobody will, able to short it, and this is, you know, right here, because there's people out here, and here comes a rant. There's people that believe that shorting is just flat out un-American. You don't short stocks. It is evil to short stocks. Kodak goes up to $60 because nobody can short it. That's why it happens. So the person who buys this 60 is a victim 
because nobody can short the blood even. So because if people could short it, they would keep the price lower. I mean, still, some shorts who are in there are getting their heads ripped off. But that was an epic, epic short squeeze yesterday. Nobody can borrow the stock to keep it in line at that point in time. I mean, there's a few people maybe that can do it out there. Majority of people, like you say, Spencer, cannot. The Kodak borrow was tough. I looked for it as well. Um, not that I was going to have the guts to short it, but um, I did look for it as well. So you look at it and you think there's so many market structure factors here that are in play. One, the circuit breakers suck. When you, they work to a certain extent, but when you have material news coming out on a, a stock to halt it, whatever, 25 20 times, times, 20, 20 times said, yesterday, yeah. take the circuit breakers off on the thing. You're winding them up at least. It's ridiculous to halt it every 15 seconds because it's up 5% or it's up 10% or whatever they are for that stock. I mean, some are 5%, some are 10%. I think some of the S&P components are 3%. But when you have material news breaking on a stock, I have written about this. I have talked about this um, you know, with CFA Institute. Um, I've written in CFA Magazine about it. I've talked with, and I've probably been quoted five to six times in different publications about this. The, the, the bands, the circuit breakers do not work when there is material news released. That is material news. You need to have a mechanism to widen the bands when the material news releases because everybody just looks at this and thinks the market is broken. What kind of, you know, you're looking at this, oh, it's halted again. It's halt, halts 20 times. Like, what the hell? It's, it's impacting. It's hurting people more than it's helping because then people are you're like- stuck. Well, well, you're stuck, but then you're looking like, oh, it's going to come out of the halt. It's going to go up a halt. I got to buy it immediately because it's going to get halted again, and then it's going to gap up again, and then it's going to gap up again, and then it's going to gap up again. So you get this mentality. It's, I got to come in. The circuit breakers were put in there to let logical people come in and, and, and cooler heads prevail, and that there would be people who come in and short. But it's working the other way on some of these little momos, where it's actually making people fear, oh, my goodness, I don't want to get caught in the next halt. I got to cover now, and not even that. I've, I've got to get in before the next halt because it's going to gap up again. There's that mentality out there. So it's a whole market structure issue behind all this. So it's very disappointing that we've been looking at this in smaller companies for a decade now, and nothing has even really been discussed about doing things about this. I mean, let's fix this problem. Um, there's got, it's it's got to be a simple mechanism. Just widen them up when the material news is released. And material news, a government contract or a company changing its whole course of business to go from you know, obviously photography company to blockchain now to, you know, I don't know what they were doing in the between, but, you know, now to go over to um, um, yeah, a, a drug company. I mean, this is material news. So let's widen the bands out and not have 25 halts. And this is a drug news. Uh, um, what are they going to be making? Isn't it the one that is still... They're, they're uh, making they're making ingredients for generic drugs, including the uh, hydroxy uh, uh, chloroquine. Right, but it, are we sure that that works? Do no, Joel, it's all nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like, don't don't. Okay, take your fundamental hat on Kodak and throw it out the window. It doesn't it. mean a thing. It's you know what is that word again from you know? Nobody knows where this thing. There's nobody knows where this thing's gonna go. Like I said yesterday, when the thing was 18, I was like, I don't know where it's going to go. It could go to, you know, it could go to 20, it could go to 30, it could go. I just think in six months when it's dust settles, the thing, I'll still say, I think that thing's under five bucks by the end of the year. I'll say that, five months. I think it's under five bucks. But I don't know the path to get there. I think it could go to 100 today. It could do anything. The story is hot. Don't short a hot story 
And you know, when fundamentals when, when fundamentals are out the window, and in this case, they totally are on Kodak, there's no way to value that. It's all just trade. It's a low float. It's hard to borrow. So you got squeezes going on. You got Tilray. 20% sure. It's like Tilray. Look at Tilray. This is, this is Kodak. So look at Tilray back when it went from it went 20 from, bucks it, it, it to $300 in a week. Yeah. So on one day, on one day, Tilray went from 150 to 300 to 150 in the same day. Yeah. So this is the same thing. This is just another low floater. There's no stock out there. The thing's 50 cents wide the whole time. And it's got crazy volume. And Robinhood's all over it. It was the number one stock in Robinhood added yesterday. So everybody's naturally, again, attracted to the where they can make the money the most. People are sitting down as day traders for the first time. And they're not going to go trade Procter and Gamble. That's boring. I want to have some excitement. I'm going to trade this Eastman Kodak. And look how much money I just made. I'm going to trade these things all the time. And they've been rewarded on some of these. I mean, we know how this story ends. It ends with pain. It ends with pain for everybody who's, who's buying it. It's not going to two, three. Well, it could. I mean, it could do anything. So just get out before the, the party's over. Because a Tilray party ended, and everybody who is left in Tilray here now is left holding the bag. It's seven bucks. That stock was $300. These things go crazy. They go momentum crazy. Then the story cools off. And then the story is just there's no fundamentals there to, to come in. And there's nothing. I mean, sure, it's got a company. Is it worth something? Yes. Is it worth $40 a share? No, hell no. doesn't matter, though. Am I coming in and shorting at 40 because it's not worth it? No, one, I can't borrow the stock. Two is, oh, who knows where it can go? It's I, so dangerous. I want to bring on someone now who was able to, he bought puts yesterday in Kodak. He needs help with his trade management. Luke Jacoby, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Wait, wait. We got Luke. We got somebody yeah. playing the short side on this via puts. Yeah, okay. Wait, let me see if we can hear you. I'm not sure. Oh, you know what? Is I kind of hear them, but it's like yeah, not through hear, the microphone. You hear through me because it's been so long since anyone has used uh, the setup that uh, it's rusty. That it's rusty. Uh, Must be a lot of dust here, on my here, desk here, there. Here. Uh, I'll switch with you, Luke, uh, Luke. Tell us what exactly your situation is with the Kodak puts. All right, all right. So, so, so here's the deal. I got the the August twenty dollar puts for four bucks. I, That's I, pretty I, good. I don't, I don't feel great about the trade. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's not where it's going, but my risk is predefined. Yeah. Right? That, that was what one. I was thinking about. When did you buy it? At what price did you, did what, you have yeah, to what get price four was bucks? It? Like, where was the stock trading? It, it was a little bit above 41. Okay, so right in here. So yeah. think about the premium, though. That's the only thing scary, Luke, is like, it's the premium. It's like, okay, so your upside is the thing goes back to two. So you're like 18, you're risking four. So, you know, your risk reward's there. Is August enough time? See, that, that, that's the question I have. I always get burned because like I don't know. Three weeks, long. something like that. Yeah. How, do, do we know how long the, the Bitcoin pop or the blockchain pop that, that they did lasted for? Oh, that lasted. It, it, yeah, that's a good question, Luke. That's a smart move right there. Let's go back and look at the charts. Okay. So, and it's all screwed up because it's big tick. But I would say it went from three to 13. And then the next month, it was back down to five. So it was about a month. Well, it, well, before it came back down to where it was, it took a little over a month. So you got three weeks, you're like, <laughs> you're going to be tight for time. That's the one thing I like the idea of buying puts if you can get them at a reasonable price. But the problem is, there's no reasonable price on puts on this. So I don't know. I think you're a coin flip on why they make money on that. Or I think you, well, 
for today, well, first of all, I think, I mean, I don't know, who knows by expiration at this point, it's hard, you know, $16 is your, is your break even point. So I, you know, like I said, who knows how long it's going to take for this to cool off. So number one, you're going to have to sell it probably before that expiration date. Because they're just going to, like today, or just when the stock is flat, it's probably going to be at the same price. The stock is at the same price right now, 41 is where you bought the puts. And I bet you they open up at 350 today. You're going to lose 50 cents. And even though the stock is in the same area, just because of the premium, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So what I, I'll just give you a number for today. All right, that, that would be good. And I'm just going to do this one day every day in Kodak, and we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> I will say as long as Kodak holds 37 bucks, I'm the bull camp. If it breaches 37. 37 is your number. 37 is my number. Why do? How do you pull that? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. He's got secret numbers. I got a secret number. And and is that a closing price or an intraday price? Intraday price. He thinks it goes down below thirty-seven. It's going lower. I, you know, this thing. I forty-one. I'm surprised it's up here again. I Uh, guess you get everybody excited. They rest. It's a two-day move, so I I shouldn't be surprised at that. It it is the classic two-day move. You had a big outsized move. People read about it. They're like, "Oh, I got to get in that." Usually, these moves fade about ten o'clock. So maybe we get up there 55, 60, and maybe buy more puts, Luke. I don't know. I think the 60 is a good number, but this could get crazy again. It could try. I mean, it can go anywhere. It could try to retest it, but I don't want to see you break all, break your bank on, you know, short term. No, puts no, and then no. They nail yeah. you on that you just didn't have enough time. This is how I do it wrong all the time when I buy puts. And Joel, same thing sometimes. We go in those short term puts oh, and then we're God. right. But we didn't go out long. The love 55 uh, puts in February. Uh, just real quick, Dennis, we got to move on from this. But and it's, did anybody else notice this? I was watching it, you know, pretty closely. And I thought I saw a high of like 59.67. And then it came off. I did a quick article on it. And then I looked later in the day and the high was 60. Yeah, I, I I was confused with that too. Yeah. So what did they do? And actually, on the on the uh, on my trade uh, trade station chart, it's it shows fifty nine. Maybe it was fifty nine forty six. So someone snuck a print in there, or something, because that that was weird. But yeah, we are so investing. Yeah, the high. Was let's 60. bring it back to Luke one more time. Is this something yes. you typically do as you come in? You know, and you look at these volatile issues and you think, oh, well, this is just silly. I'm going to buy puts. Is this something you've done before, or is this kind of just to- dip the toe in the water type trade? I'm going to answer, oh, answer for Luke because he just he's gone. But, he laughed. No. Yeah, yeah, he, he's got stuff to do. But no, the answer is no. Oh, okay. can you just tell Luke one more thing? Sure. What do you got? If he gets a shot, like let's say this takes a big dip today. Let's say it take, doesn't hold my 37, goes down and tests the close, maybe goes to 30. If he has a chance to sell a put, another put lower oh, man. to lock in the pro- – it's not yeah, that difficult. I like, this, that too. I like that strategy. That's what you got to do because then, then you got the premium gods on your side yeah, yeah. on half the trade. I'm yeah. telling you. It's a whole different thing. Buying puts and selling a lower one, locking yeah. them in. I kind of yep. like that idea too. Yeah. Yep. It just helps. Like a lot of times with the spiders, I've done that. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I got to lock some of this Ooh, in because you we, know the next we'll day. that next time. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Uh, but whatever. We got a hunt, enough. This is not the Kodak show. 
Let's move well, on. Well, we got candy. And this stuff. Oh, now it's the K-Day. K-N-D-I. And this is just unbelievably wild today. Because I've watched this stock. And bring up your pre-market chart. I watched the stock just double from 9 to almost $20. And now it's come all the way back down to 13 So this is a play on electric vehicle parts or something, Spencer, I believe. They, they formally announced the launch of their uh, – they're launching you know, electric vehicles in the U.S. That's what they announced. So they're just – this is – what did they do before they got on the EV train? Well, they, they were – How did we miss this? How did we miss well, this? Well, announced stock. it yesterday. No, I know, but electric cars, electric vehicles. This is you, I knew about. It was this. an electric vehicle company before yesterday. I don't oh, think. it was. was it? it was. It was. It's not a very good batteries. one. They make batteries. They make, oh, they make batteries, but now we're making them now for electric vehicles. So now everybody, you gotta have the buzzword in there to get your stock up, and that's what you know. We need those buzzwords, so we'll get those buzzwords in there. What was the press release yesterday that made this thing just blast off into orbit and every Robin Hood trader drool? No, that was literally it. It, it. it was the announcement of the launch of uh, electric, their electric vehicles in the U.S. market, specifically in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But they are they're they're expanding to the U.S. That this was is blockchain it. part two. It is with COVID and it is oh, yeah. with EV with electric vehicles because now you have everybody trying to get on board and they're like, oh, our stock sucks, our price sucks. What can we do? Well, let's go into this EV market. And we'll release a press release and we'll watch your stock triple. It works. This worked with blockchain. Eventually, you know, that whole blockchain thing cooled off. But, you know, we even saw IBM when they announced some blockchain stuff and that stock taking off 20 bucks. Yep. I mean, it got just silly back in the day. And this is where we're at. We're in silly town now. You have an EV, um, you, you come out with a positive press release, just like on COVID. We have two or three COVID headlines here today. ADMA is the newest one and it's going to move in and start doing, you know, something with COVID. And, you know, obviously the stock gets a huge pop. So, these these are selling opportunities for shareholders that have been stuck in these stocks for a long time. This is what these are. I mean, KNDI has been an absolute dog. Twenty one dollars was in twenty fourteen. It's getting all of the losses back. It got all the losses back basically. If you were in the pre market this morning, um, I would say don't get greedy on these things. They get up there, take the profit and run. You know, if you were in this thing for years and all of a sudden it's EV, this is the turnaround story. Now, this is a story that'll get the stock hot for a few days, maybe a week or two, and then it'll cool off and eventually leaks back down and usually gives up the majority of the gains. So these are profit opportunities for those people in it. Congratulations. There's, there's one more. In too. It. Don't forget to book your profits. There's one more too. BLNK, Blink Charging. They make charging stations. So basically any any EV play with a press release is, is probably going to pop. So BLNK, Yeah, they do. Yeah. Just like the XBA thing. It was COVID. And, you know, boom, yeah, it's going. And obviously, you know, we know the story behind that. Um, and, you know, and, and it cooled off significantly. It's getting, you know, it's getting a little bit of love here again. But, you know, this is a, this is a chart that all these things are going to look like. They get the huge two-day move, two, three days, they go crazy. Then they start to leak and the story cools off and they drift down, 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 down for the next few months. And then eventually, you know, they cool right off usually and end up going back to where they came from. We saw it with the pot stocks for a while too, Spencer. Remember the pot stock craze where, you know, everything was just blasting off and they all cooled off too. So eventually the story cools off. But right now, this market just cares about the story. They want a hot story. And the hot story is EV and the hot story in the pharmaceuticals has anything to do with COVID. And to, just to be clear, we're not saying these companies are trash. We're not saying they don't make money. We don't know anything about them, actually. We, no, we don't know anything about them. Saying... I'm just saying when, when the stock goes up, you know, a thousand percent, 
like Kodak yeah. does in two days, and you've been in the Kodak for seven years, like look at Kodak. It, it, it's, it's at a, it was at a seven-year low, basically. You know, we were back in 2014. It was $34 a share. So for seven years, you've watched the stock go down to $2. There was no hope for you to ever get your money back. And then the trading gods just came and gave you the biggest gift of Picture all. Picture perfect is what I the call The biggest it. gift that they can possibly give. And you got your seven years of losses back. Can it go up to 60? Can speculators drive this thing that can go anywhere? But when the story cools, if you're putting Kodak in your retirement account and thinking it's going to be a $500 stock, I think you're, I think you're crazy. I, I, I don't know where it can go in the short term, but I will tell you from my experience, when we look at this thing in three to four months, it is going to be significantly lower than $39. And it, real fast. That is my thought. I want to interrupt you because we're, we're going to get GDP here in a couple of seconds. Okay. Yeah. Go wide. Go wide. Yeah. Triple we go wide. I don't know go if it move. I, doesn't matter. I, I, Does GDP really matter? Does it's going to be horrible. It's going to be doesn't bad. doesn't matter. They are looking for an annualized uh, drop. 30 Does anything matter? I'm, tr- I don't, I'm trying to just tell you information, man. Uh, okay. U.S. GDP is expected to drop 34% on an annualized basis in the second quarter. The prior reading, if you don't remember, was a 4.8% drop in Q1. Let's see what that number is. I, I went to the uh, one-minute uh, upper left. Uh, that's your S&P one-minute, thanks to Gary. Instead of doing format symbol, all these stupid things, all I have to do is punch a one and do enter, and then I get the one-minute. Look at this. I can go five minute. Boom. Look how quick I did that. Now I'll go back to the one minute. I went wide. I don't see any movement at all. Now we're, we're bouncing. I'd like to see mid range here. It's by halt. Uh, what? I'm, no, I'm just joking, but it literally has not, it didn't move. The quote did not move. It hasn't. Now look at that. 3227. Uh, Breaking news. Ranger Rick Santelli. What's he telling us? I like now, Rick. Yeah, he is. Well, he's, he's a got energy. Guy. He's you gotta have energy. You know what? Oh, you okay. gotta have energy. Okay, so it actually wasn't as bad as the estimates were. GDP only fell thirty-two point nine percent on an annualized basis. That's not, not too bad. Much. That's bullish. Not thirty-four point one percent. Like that. Thirty-two point nine percent. So yeah, that's yeah, bullish. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> when, when Kodak can go from two dollars to sixty dollars on a headline. I just don't. Even you gave one tip though, Dennis, and I because I did uh, I did that as my stock of the day, and really the only trading advice you gave on that was if you're long, move your stop up. You didn't say Please buy it because I've like we talked about some levels. We were like 13, 14, maybe fifteen. You know, just absolutely. No, just, we have no idea. And, and that, no but idea. you did say that. You said if you're long, move your stop up, and that would have been. You know, I don't know if you kept on moving because it was just going up. I mean, it was just going straight up. They don't like the number. Uh, we just dipped. We hit. We went to uh, twenty nine fifty. They don't know what here. they don't like. <laughs> All right, let's find some earnings reports that they definitely liked. UPS. They definitely oh. like UPS, and I am kicking myself. I sold my UPS because I bought what? it on the last quarter when it disappointed, and I thought to myself, well. Was it last quarter they did disappointed? They did a warrant. They did something, anyways. When it got down to hundred bucks, and I was like, "What was the dip?" Obviously, it wasn't a quarter because it wasn't that long ago. When it went from one hundred eight down to hundred bucks, do you remember what, what the headline was back on June tenth? I could find it. That's why. Well, that's when I bought the stock, and it went up and up and up and up and up and up and got to one twenty, and I was like, "It's forming some resistance here. I'm getting out." 
And I kind of thought, you knew it was going to still be okay the quarter because FedEx blew it away. I still have my FedEx. So part of me wanted to hold it. And part of me said, it's around up 20%. Everybody's going to expect EPS to blow it away. So I'm not sure, you know, it can continue to go higher. Well, they all expected it to blow away and it did blow it away and it did go higher. So don't sell, I guess, the moral of the story. Uh, the earnings for UPS this morning, a Q2 adjusted EPS of $2.13 versus a $1.07 estimate. They, beat it, they doubled up the estimate there. Uh, sales $20.5 billion versus a $17.48 billion estimate. So they beat that number, but they doubled up the wow. EPS estimate and they blew away the sales by $3 billion. That's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, FedEx is getting a sympathy move here, which is yeah. funny because we already know FedEx beat. <laughs> they already announced market. Hey, they announced three weeks ago. We know FedEx numbers are good because usually you see the sympathy move because obviously pair traders are pairing it up too. But you see the big sympathy move because, oh, UPS beat. FedEx is going to beat too. Now, FedEx already beat. So we already know FedEx. Anyways, it's a nice move up in FedEx. I'm long that stock too. These stocks are firing on all cylinders because everybody is shopping from home. I mean, this is who's delivering your package. FedEx, UPS, at my doorstep all the time. At Joel's doorstep all the time. Two, three, delivering packages. once? Two, three times a day. Two, three times a day. It's <laughs> yeah, like he's part of the family. The UPS <laughs> driver is part of the family. And FedEx. If it, it mean, wasn't social distancing, we'd invite him in for a beer, <laughs> a Budweiser beer. And, you know, I saw the guy the other day, the UPS guy, he was running up to houses. Like he, oh, he, he had was, so many deliveries. He was booking it. Um, they work hard. What, those guys need a raise. UPS, give those guys a raise. They work hard. What? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go two numbers. I'm gonna give you the former all-time high at one thirty-five fifty-three. Yes. Uh, and then I like one thirty-eight. Someone wants out of some stock at one thirty-eight. That's all I can tell you. Look at the pre-market chart. Look at the cyan and magenta or whatever. You've gotten to one thirty-eight twice. Purple. Yep. Whatever, whatever you got, there it is. If if I was long or if I had some calls and if it got to 138, I'd take a hard look at it. And, uh, you know, as far as, as getting out. And then on the downside, whew, who knows? I mean, the top of yesterday's range is way down there. But keeping it simple, stupid um, in UPS. We look at FedEx here. Dennis, I wish you would sell that because you, you, you buy it and then it goes up to 200. I need to trade FedEx more. It's the one stock I hold. And I should be trading FedEx because it goes up 50 bucks and down 50 bucks and up 50 bucks and down 100 bucks and up $70. Yeah, then it's we don't a stock have to, to trade, can, I guess. We just, we just don't have to hear you complain about it. I uh, know. I, I know. I'm up like 30 points in it now again, and I'll probably give it all back, and next month it'll be down at 125, and I'll be complaining. For those listening uh, astutely, it didn't get to 37 on that dip. It got to 37 and a quarter. So there you go. Moving. I don't just, know what you're talking about. Kodak. Oh, Kodak. We're, I gave you one FedEx number and Kodak to 37 to, to FedEx, and I can't yeah, figure I, that out. I, you lost, okay. lost me on that one. Yeah. yeah. When, FedEx. When, you, when you switch stocks, it's a good idea to tell the ticker. Okay. <laughs> okay, we just keep that. Kodak on the screen because we got a lot of Kodak traders right, there. So uh, he's trying to hold that 37 level. We should have known. He's talked 37 on it. All right, yes, I want to I want to bring on I want to bring on our guest now, uh, CC Lagator. He's the co-founder of Options AI. CC, do you have any thoughts on our our coworkers' uh, Kodak trade from yesterday? That was yeah. actually that was pretty good advice. Um, what was <laughs> that one? It was the it was the uh, twenty put. Is that one? Yeah, I bought the twenty puts for four bucks. Uh, a yeah. little, little bit of premium there, though. 
Yeah, I think it was it Joel who mentioned, you know, if it did go down today to, uh, you know, sell another put against it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. There's, do you guys want to geek out for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's another thing. If you, in stocks like this, and I was sort of looking at this last month and, you know, when some of those um, stocks like Hertz and all were going nuts. If you think a stock like that is going to, you know, sort of reverse and go lower, there's one thing you can do, which is really interesting, which is not only sell a put against, you know, that long put, but you can actually form a butterfly using zero as the other wing. So in that case, let's say if you paid, you know, what was it? He paid four four bucks. Yeah. So $4. Let's say you got a little bit of a reversal. <clears throat> that 10 put, let's say if it went two bid at some point, you can sell two of those. And basically what you've done is you've created a free butterfly anywhere between 20 and zero. And all you need is in, on August expiration is for that, uh, you know, for Kodak to be somewhere between 20 and zero with your max profit at 10, obviously. So, you know, there's all kinds of like little tricky things you can do in options when you're, um, you know, turning things into spreads. And that's one of the, that's one of the nerdier ones. That's an interesting one. Way no, it is. It, it is. It is. And then uh, there's also iron condors and, you know, things of that way, but it, it's good. But uh, real quickly, before we get into stocks, um, the only CC I know is CC Sabathia. I know. So, and I'm an Orioles fan. So, uh, but what does, can you, do you mind what, what CC stand for? It's Calvin Christopher. Okay. I just wanted to know. I like that. Oh, you wanted to know. Uh, Cece, tell us about your double C now. Because (laughs) how do I I see you guys? Uh, You can't see us? I don't think so. Uh, you can go well, to the pull up, your, pull up your Zoom window. You can see us, but I you don't really want to see us. We're not that. We're not that good looking. We're we're all geeked out with glasses on. We're old. We're old. You don't really want to see. Well, us. Spencer's young and he got he has glasses. Right. So, Cece, before you uh, co-founded Options AI, you were a market maker. Talk to us about your background and sort of how you ended up here. Real quick. Yeah. So I was a market maker. I, I worked for a company called Group One Trading. Um, and that was sort of an interesting first job out of college. I really was not that big of a stock market guy. Um, you know, Where during- was it at? Were you on a floor? Yeah. So I was on the floor of the American Stock Exchange in New York. Ooh, the Wild yeah. West. Right. And um, so I started off training, you know, like on the SIBO and our company was based in San Francisco. So the Pacific Exchange. Coast. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now there's like 40 exchanges and they're all pretty <laughs> much virtual. But uh, yeah, so it was interesting. It was a you know, I wasn't that interested and a friend of mine had interviewed with that company in Philadelphia and I went to school in Philadelphia and, you know, he mentioned, you really like gambling because <laughs> we used to go to <laughs> Atlantic <laughs> City in the middle of the night, probably once a week. Nothing and he's like, that. I think that's basically what these guys do. So it was one of those things like, uh, you know, go down and interview the, with them and it was great. And that was, you know, sort of the interview was talking about uh probability and games of chance and things like that and that's what really sort of drew me to it and so now you uh you co-founded options ai uh explain to us what what that is how it's different from other options platforms yeah so you know like what joel was saying earlier with you know spreads is the options chain is a 
pretty intimidating place, I think, for most retail traders. And I think one of the biggest aspects of that is, you know, you get into that chain and it's like, okay, I understand if I buy a call, I know what I can lose. I'm bullish. I know I want the stock to go higher. Same thing with a put. Um, when people start getting into multi-leg trades, which are, you know, like on the institutional side, on the professional side, nobody trades single leg options, you know, for a number of reasons. And they, they do spreads, they do, you know, they have a, a game plan of, you know, how they're going to trade and what area they want to target, what range they want to target. And so they use multi-leg um, spreads. Now, when the retail trader faces an options chain, you know, there's, there's, a, there's some uncertainty, there's some doubt as to like, what am I exactly doing here? And so that's, that was the impetus for options AI is, you know, can you make trading multi-leg smarter trades as easy as buying, you know, clicking a buy on a call or a put, or, you know, even you could even take it one step further to stock. And that was sort of the impetus. And, you know, you all were talking earlier about, you know, expected moves in Amazon. The, you know, the, we do a lot on Options AI around the expected move. And the reason for that is, <clears throat> I think what happens with a lot of retail traders is, you know, they get in there, they think, um, you know, say Kodak is going lower and they buy a put, but they're sort of buying that put out in space and time with no real context as to, you know, where that put stands versus the crowd and all. And what the expected move does is it's sort of like the point spread in a, you know, in a excellent, football game. Excellent analogy. Yeah. It's so basically what it's saying is it's like the actionable version of all that stuff you hear options traders talk about, like implied volatility and Vega and all that kind of thing. And what the expected move does is it says, if you are buying options, you essentially need the market or you need the stock to go past that point before buying options really makes sense, right? And if the stock stays within that range of the, of the expected move, you know, like Amazon, you mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, 150, $160 or something. You're, you're actually, what I'll do, CC, is I'll, I'll just pull up a visualization of what you're talking about here so you can sort of- Sure. Uh, go as we are to do what you're saying and then this is this okay is now i can see all right amazon. yeah so this is um this is amazon i did this about midday yesterday and this is on the options ai platform and so what you're seeing there is you're seeing a one month view of the expected move in amazon right and what i've done is i've highlighted this friday and it's about a five percent move in either direction and that corresponds to you know bulls expect and bears expect now this is when Amazon was 30, 32, I'm not even sure what it is, right? The second. Oh, that's thing. right around. That's pretty close. Yeah. So this will, you know, this may change that, you know, that 5% may change by a percentage, you know, like a 10th of a percent or something like that before the close. But overall, wherever Amazon finishes today, it will be about this $150, $160 in either direction. And so what this means from a trading perspective is I, you know, like I think what a lot of people would do is they'd say, you know, like I think Amazon's going to go to, you know, 3,200 on earnings and they're out there buying 3,200 calls or, you know, maybe 3,150 calls and things like that. And what options AI is trying to sort of, you know, get you to think in a different way, which would be, 
you know, for whatever you're paying for that out of the money call, what you could probably do is buy in at the money call and then sell an out of the money call out at the expected move. And what you're doing is, you know, that, <clears throat> that trade may end up being roughly the same price as that out of the money call. And then you've increased your probability, you know, 20% on your break even. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're mm -hmm. trying, it's always good when you sell another option against the buying of the option because you're the premiums, you're not just flat out paying that huge premium. Yeah. And I think people get a little nervous because, you know, they're like, all right, well, it's now a more complicated trade to understand, right? But it really isn't. And especially when you're talking about a time frame of like, you know, the, the caller earlier with August, it's like, you know, th this thing is going to work out in the next couple of weeks. Um, and what you'll find is that the, you know, like, let's say even if you bought a call spread versus a call on Amazon and the, the, the stock moved higher, I have no bias either way in Amazon, but let's say it did move higher tomorrow and you were, and let's say you even did it out to August, that, that call spread is going to perform arguably better than the out of the money call because of like what you just mentioned, you know, volatility is going to come in, things like that. So, and even if it goes past your point, it is not going to be at maximum gain. You are still technically bullish in that point, like past that point. And, you know, so a lot, it's, it's, I guess the, the name of the game is it's easier for, it's easier to understand than people think. And it's a little intimidating looking at an options chain. And we've tried to bring that all together. And, and also- Can I hop in with one question, CC? Sure. <laughs> And, and this is one thing that really frustrates me. Um, I, yeah. I, I won't name the platform, but <laughs> I just I just wanted to go look at the thirty two hundred call yep. for, that expires, you know, tomorrow. Yep. And it, it's it's really hard. I mean, I can pull up the weeklies, but right. because it's so far away, I I have to look at so I, like I gave up. I, I know, mean, right? right. And can I tell you like one other interesting thing is, and I don't know where this goes back to, this is before my time when they were setting all these things up in the options market back in the, you know, in the seventies or whatever. And if you look at a chain up is down and down is up. Oh my gosh. So it's not the way people's brains think. And then when you look at payout diagrams of the, uh, of the profit and loss of a trade, they reverse like the X and Y axis no, no longer makes sense, right? And so on Options AI, what we've done is when you go to do a trade, we show you that imagery of the trade where your profit and loss is okay. on the same X and Y axis that people's brains are used to thinking. You know. So what we want to do is sort of take the way people think, which is in equities, and sort of apply that to options. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, I got a question for you sure. too, CC. Just sure. and you know, obviously, I look at this too. But I look at I'm, I've got you know the open option <laughs> chain for this week open on Amazon. I'm looking at the open interest, mm -hmm. and you can just see the patterns here that are very relevant. You got yeah. 200 contracts at 30, 55, and 300 contracts at 37. And then you go to the whole numbers: 3,100, 2,259 contracts. Right. And then you go to 32. So and then you have a bunch of like, there's 136 at 31, 35, because it's an oddball number. Then you get to like the 3,200, 4,221 contracts. Open right. on, I mean, that's such a huge open interest that you got to think if the stock gets up to that point, and you know, I've played market maker a little bit, obviously on options, and I've been in the industry for a long time. 
you get above 3,200 and you have a lot of people who are all of a sudden are in the green on yep. these options. Um, there's multiple ways you can play. I could sell the stock short against the open calls. So you start to get to that 3,200, you get to these big points where there's huge open interest. It's like the goalie in hockey. It's oh, trying absolutely. to stop the puck there. Yeah. So, and that's a great point. And it's kind of funny, like those big round numbers, right? You know, Amazon's right near 3,000. If you had, if you had a situation where let's say this didn't move much on earnings, you would really have to be looking at that 3000 level as something that it could pin to. Exactly. And so, yep. and so basically what, you know, like what Dennis is talking about with the hockey goalie thing is when the stock gets to a point where there's a lot of open interest, the options traders call that gamma around that line. Right. And what ends, what ends up happening is you hit that point, there's a bunch of stock to sell. As you get closer to expiration, it goes below that point. There's a lot of stock to buy. And it just kind of goes like that until it pins, right? And that happens all the time. And then with expected moves and things like that, it, it actually, it can become self-fulfilling, right? A lot of people are looking at these same areas. A lot of people have options positions out into these areas. And what you'll see oftentimes is the expected move will line up with support and resistance levels, you know, important um, technical levels in the past. And what's happening, the reason that's happening is because a lot of options traders are looking at all the same levels in the past. And, and they illustrate this point too, the 3000 yeah. uh, for that expire on Friday, there's 2,500 puts, which is by far the biggest open interest by far. I don't even see anything over a thousand. Exactly. And then in the 3000 calls, there's 2,190. That's right. not the biggest, but you're right. I mean, yeah. whole number like that. Yeah. It's funny on going into like, let's say it's an expiration Friday and you're looking at a stock hovering right near one of those big round numbers. And you're like, that's going to pin, you know? Well, it naturally pins because the market maker side of it all too, like you were saying, stock is like $50, let's say goes up to 50, 25. I know because I've plowed if I've got open options, I'm selling the stock short against those open options because I don't want to pay the 25 cent spread. Right. So I'll go in and sell the stock short. So that puts the pressure down on the stock as the yep. people, market makers are shorting it. It goes yep. below it. What do I do? Well, I cover the stock that I just shorted and I'm making right. that 35, 40 cents. And then that drives it back up. So right. people think it's nefarious activities that, oh, they're trying to pin it there. Oh, it's no. just the natural oh, market making, making mechanics that causes that. And believe me, from a market maker perspective, you do not want pins because that makes your Friday evening really not that fun. <laughs> so if there was any way market makers could avoid pins, they would. <laughs> so it, it's, it's such an interesting, but it's so important to look at that open interest. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we let you go, CC, uh, being yeah. a floor guy, um, our, our chat, our listeners love to hear floor stories. Uh, you got to make it clean. Uh, but do you have like a, a disaster story or a super success story or something that shaped your, your trading mantra over well, the years? I have a, yeah, there's actually a great one. Can I use my wife as an example? That's where we met. Oh, yeah, that's, do you, you want to ask her first? <laughs> yeah, you better ask her. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> She's not looking. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So we were both market makers in New York working for the same company. And this was sort of right at the beginning of the dot-com bubble. And He's looking around. <laughs> it's, yeah, right? And so I think, you know, my company in general, like we traded a lot of boring stocks. You know, it was like, uh, 
you know, like people would be trading. I think the most exciting stock to trade at that time was Intel and it wasn't even that exciting. So my wife was making markets, you know, and when you're a market maker, you have a book of, you know, 75 to 250 things you're making markets in. And she was making markets in this thing called Barrick Gold. And I think it was Barrick. And a news headline came out and she was short gamma, short vol, not to get too nerdy. And I think it was the executives like sold the company jet or something crazy, right? Like it's just a terrible headline. And the stock tanked and she lost about a million dollars on, mm. yeah, on just this one stupid headline in one stock that she probably could care less about of the things she was making markets in. Now at the time I had just started trading Yahoo and it was one of those things where people were looking at Yahoo and stocks like that. And they're like, you're crazy for, you know, trading, making markets in Yahoo. And meanwhile, we're looking around being like, this is getting good. Like this is wild stuff, which is what you want as an options market maker. So she's devastated. She's lost all this money in this one dumb stock. And, but it convinced her to go into the Amazon crowd. And it was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to her because she was trading this dumb book of stocks and she was like, well, what do I have to lose? That, that stock that's moving $150 a day, that looks interesting. She went into Amazon, made it all back, you know, and then some in the next you know, month or two. And so I guess the lesson from that is it's, you know, you're going to have those hits, those tough moments and all. And you've got to use that as an opportunity to be like, stop doing whatever I was doing and go do something else. And you'll, you'd be surprised how well it works out. That all worked out in the end. If this yeah. type of stuff interests you, you can learn more uh, at optionsai.com. Also, CC will be speaking at the next Benzinga Options Bootcamp. That's tomorrow. There's the link in the description of this video. You can also just go to benzingabootcamp.com. He'll be speaking tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern time uh, if this sort of thing is up your alley. CC Lagator, thank you so much for the time today. and We would love to have you back again soon. Definitely. Great to meet you guys. Thanks, yeah, thanks, CC. Great, All right, great interview. Okay. Uh, we're leaking, folks. Here, let me do the old screen share. Uh, continuation of the move uh, that we had overnight. Uh, got a little pop off the GDP number, uh, but starting to leak here towards that pre-market low at 1075. Uh, not a good-looking chart there on the one minute, but uh, let's uh, we got only five minutes. That's why we get carried away. We get a good guest and we just keep on talking. And we That's good though. You guys. It's good when you start talking to get the market maker, especially the option market maker is a completely different game and just to understand those mechanics that are happening, you know, behind the scenes. Um, I was never on a floor, but I've traded a lot of options back in my day. So I kind of, I, I understand the mechanics to it. And I was, you have a floor, Dennis. Well, trading floor in Detroit. Yeah, come on, man. Don't sell <laughs> yeah, yourself I guess, short. I guess. So, yeah, we had the trading floor. I yelled like I was on there. the trading floor. I used to yell at you like that. I know, because yeah. I'd come in all hungover from the – and when I was 20 years old coming in there. Or 22. I guess I was 22 when I started right out of university. So, Joel, give me hell. I had too many drinks the night before showing up on that Friday morning late. It's like, Dennis, the, the open was a half an hour ago. It's like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, guys. I got this now. Afternoon shift is here. You guys can all go home. And then 3.59 and 59 seconds, out the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right gone. Now I trade after hours. Now I'm like. All right, Spencer. We're going to let Spencer take the lead here. We only have four minutes left. Take your time. 
Uh, yeah, just real fast, they are pumping up uh, BLNK this morning. They had another press release out a few minutes ago. So if you're wondering what the hell is up with BLNK, it's just press release. St- Electric vehicle. Yep, EV press release station here. So. Hey, the stock's leaking. Release something else. <laughs> uh, I, it's just an opinion. It's just an opinion. I really don't know anything. <laughs> right, right. Uh, a couple more earnings here. I just want to get to like PayPal yesterday. They uh, they beat on their EPS. They beat on their sales and they raised their guidance for the year. Let's look at PYPL. The stock is just loved. This is a loved stock. People are buying stuff online. They're using PayPal to do it. The story is still hot. No absolute reason to be shorting this. Um, because the stock's making new all-time highs. Remember the golden rule? Don't short stock's making new all-time highs. I think eventually it's over 200. I, I, I'm kicking myself because I own PayPal, like I said, the once, and me and Jeremy Newsom were talking back, I don't know, last year, and this was before PayPal ever had $100. It was back, I guess it was a couple years ago, but I was like 76. I'm like, you know PayPal's going to 100 eventually. It's like, it's just a matter of time, and I never did buy it on, in the long-term portfolio. Obviously, I've traded a lot. Now it's almost 200. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Is it going to go straight there? Who knows? Maybe they pull the rug off from under it, spook a few people, and then eventually gets up there. But the story is still hot. The valuation, you can't look at it that way anyway, so why bother? But story's hot. Uh, I am banned for PayPal for some reason. I don't, I don't know, know why. And, and yeah, you told the story I, I before, but you you, you, you live on the edge, Joel. I really you do. do. Some interesting what, things what can sometimes. I say? You don't uh, even know why you're banned. Yeah. Oh, we are really falling out. Did we get some uh, selling balances here, Chief? Oh, we fall three points. It doesn't even feel like. You know what? The volatility is so low here now. It doesn't even feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to stay that way. Actually, I pulled up. Uh, you know, I get to get my average daily range, and I actually had pulled up. I put a, a H in there instead of a U, so it brought me the March contract. And then for that day that I was looking at March, the nine-day average trading range was 200 handles. And now it's down to 50. So, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to perk up eventually. Is it? Bef- yeah. Well, maybe not. If we start making new all-time highs, it might not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're keeping. Oh, just real quick, PayPal, uh, we stuck over 196. So if you got to have a big target on your – uh, that you have to get out today. Maybe look at 197. That was uh, your after hours high after a couple brackets. And uh, finding buyers here at 188 right now in the pre-market. You hit that immediately uh, this morning. You came back down to it. So that's your early range. Uh, 188 to 197 in PayPal. Hey, Hallie's asking about GAN and LCA. I can do both of those together because obviously we know GAN from Jason Rasnick is the stuff behind the stuff. Um, sports betting. I mean, obviously, look at DraftKings as your leader here. They cooled off. The Major League Baseball spooked you know a couple of these stocks. The LCA is in my long-term investment portfolio, and I'm not looking at it because I think there's a va- there's actually some value here. I had to hold space a long time. I took some heat on some space. Still, you know, now it's coming back in. Sometimes long-term investing is painful. LCA is designated long-term investment, so I'm holding it here. I think there's a story that eventually will get hot, but if sports if all of a sudden the Major League Baseball season gets canceled, we don't think that's happening. We hope that's not happening, but what happened with the Florida Marlins isn't good. You'll see DraftKings, you'll see LCA, you'll see Penn Gaming all get hit on that. So, but this isn't, I didn't put this in. So people who are following me in LCA, this is not a trade for me. This is, you know, I put this in the longer term account. So, um, you know, whether I'm going to be right or wrong, I don't know. It's still speculative capital, although I have a pretty good sized position. This is definitely speculative because it's a smaller company, just going to get started, obviously going to get into sports betting, obviously going to get into gambling. But 
I think there's, I think there's, you know, a trade here eventually, but the chart doesn't look great. It's been hanging out at 12. It's on support. It, it could take it out. Uh, we're, we're, we're tanking. We got tank handle. Don't get here. so excited with the S&P futures. No, I mean, a pretty good indication when you make a new pre-market low here. Not a good indication for Kodak. It's not, not a, a good, good indication for all, um, a lot of uh, these other Kodak stocks. Kodak bounced over 40. It hit 37 and a quarter. Um, I just want to tell you, Dennis, I know you only follow the CFL. You don't follow the NFL that closely. <laughs> um, the Eskimos. And I can recall the Eskimos you got anymore. You got two teams in a six-team league, and they have the same name, right? <laughs> That's I, I totally don't Canadian understand football. that. Stop well, I just picking want, on Canadian football. I just want to tell you about a dozen – NFL players, they're out. They're out for the season. One of them's uh, five Patriots are out for the season. They're not playing. Dante, uh, Dante Hightower, yep. who's uh, due to make like $8 million, all pro line. These guys are saying, I'm not playing. So I, Some people know. are, are going to put their family and their health ahead of the sport. Most, exactly. most of the athletes are playing, though. We're going to get the NHL playoffs start Saturday. Basketball I'm pumped back. for it. I Basketball hope it doesn't back. get impacted. They're all in the bubble right now. So here's the hoping that they actually, you know, somebody doesn't sneak in with COVID into the bubble because then it would spread really fast. But fingers are crossed that they're going to get this thing started. We're going to see some NHL playoffs. That's exciting for me in Canada. So hockey is my thing. Right. But, you know, I, it's nice to watch baseball too right now. Like it's nice. So it's actually spooks you three games in when you got a whole team go down with COVID. You're like, and they aren't doing the bubble in baseball. And you're like, is this going to work? And, you know, so that's going right back to LCA and GAN. As, you know, sports, you know, it looks like it's starting up and looks like it's going okay. Those stocks can get a lift on that. But, you know, so there's multiple factors involved. Again, if we just want to talk technicals, it's come down a long ways down. And we'll be interested to get Jason Rasnick's thoughts on here. I believe Jason's on tomorrow, um, where, how he's still playing. I sold my GAN. I'm not in it anymore. I sold it up at 26. I'm looking to rebuy it. Down 16, 17, I, I would probably strike on this. But Again, this is speculative capital because smaller company, new startup, the thing behind the thing. Um, I, it's it's not like you're buying Apple and you know what you got. We don't totally know what we have here. Um, all right. Today is a big day. As I mentioned earlier, after the close, we're going to get uh, earnings from Alphabet, Facebook, Apple, Amazon. So are we getting Facebook after the close? Because somebody said they moved the date and then they didn't move the date. Um, the Facebook earnings, um, I, and, and Kramer said even on CBC they moved the date. Uh, is it officially after the close? Because I've had I've talked to three traders on this. Some people thought it was last night. Yes, and I was and and I don't know why they were thinking yeah. it was last night. But then I was like, oh, I don't know. So this is confusing when they start moving dates around. So Facebook is officially tonight. To my, I think it was last. It was supposed originally last night, and to my knowledge, they moved it. To my knowledge, it is tonight. They moved it maybe because of all the stuff that was happening yesterday. Obviously, yes. they, they announced they announced on Monday that yeah. they were rescheduling their earnings to today. Okay, so, so it it's is, always confusing when companies yes. are moving their earnings date. So yes. Facebook so, is tonight. It's going to be a fast market, folks. A big day on the earnings front. Okay. Uh, uh, great show today. What would make it a little bit better is if you all hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that very much. I want to thank our guest today, CC Lagator. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Please remember all the information from this broadcast is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. You can always catch the replay on YouTube or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time. In the meantime, everyone have a great rest of your Thursday. Stay safe and good luck out there.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.